Hey homegoers, welcome to another episode of Homegoing. In this episode, I have two of my favorite people on the podcast. I have my friend Samson, who's based in Finland, and I have my sister Charlene, who is currently in the Czech Republic. So this episode, we're going to focus on, uh, we're going to talk a bit about uh, what we wish we knew or what we have learned in our adulthood. Uh, all of us have moved away from home and found our own apartments and then you know you think that you have solidified your status as an adult and then little do you know you realize that um, adulthood is not a destination it's a journey in itself being a true responsible adult is something you have to work at every single day and you have to adapt to new responsibilities as they rise we've been making some comparisons among ourselves and realizing that our parents have really shielded us from a lot of the things that happen in this world. So um, what are some of the things you guys wish you knew or some of the lessons you've learned so far? Um, wow. Well, uh, I think for me, just above all else, I wish that our parents were, well, mine specifically, I'd speak of my own situation. Mm -hmm. I was raised by my mom and my, and my grandma, of course. And, um, my upbringing was very sheltered and mm -hmm. I think I wish that they allowed for just a bit of a glimpse to what life can truly be like, mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like most parents strive to protect their children and to make everything seem so normal and seamless. Mm -hmm. And then once you're out there and you're on your own, you realize that nothing really is as it seems and it feels like the carpet has been pulled from under your feet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for me when I when I got out on my own, the first thing that I realized was money. Money, money, money. The value <laughs> of money and just the cost of things. Yeah. And how to manage money. That was I I had to learn that the hard way. You yeah. know? Because yeah. being at home, you just used to ask for things and they're given. Yeah. Or, and you see things happening and you, you really don't know if they've been planned for or how much they cost, you know. But then once you're out here and you realize that sometimes even for a two euro purchase, you have to compare something that's worth two euros and 50 and something that's worth two euros and 80. That, yeah. you know, you're going to pick the one that's worth 50 because, you know, of one thing or the other. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been very, that's been very, that's been something really hard to learn. And and then also having a credit card. Mm -hmm. Having a credit card and yeah. knowing that you have, you know, you have a card with a limit of, let's say, 10K. Yeah. And just Quite knowing okay. that there's all these things that you could do, but you shouldn't. Mm. And you have to practice restraint and you have to be responsible with it. It's really not easy. It's not mm. easy, especially when the especially when when you're new to having a credit card and mm. and you know it's really tempting, and you know I had to learn about the financial system and the credit score mm -hmm. and yeah it it's not it's it's been quite a hard journey but I think you know I've I've gained my footing and I'm I'm responsible mm. yeah, yeah yeah that that was one of the biggest lessons yeah. That's interesting. The yeah. money thing is 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 definitely because for me, I think it's one of the realizations with money for me had been has been the money comes into your account and you 
before you were living alone, you could kind of do what you wanted to do with whatever money you had. And then now you have to think, okay, rent, mm-hmm. uh, groceries, just getting around, transport. And mm-hmm. like, I, I don't want to have to do this, but then you have to. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain always... things that you pay for that you feel like you shouldn't pay for. Yeah. Yeah. Like electricity, for example, electricity yeah. and water. Yeah. It's it's just like, why do I have to pay for this? Mm. Yeah. Okay, and you, Charlene? It's always you look forward to payday or like when you know you're getting money and then when the money hits your account is when you know you're like, oh, I have to pay you know, like, I have to pay rent, I have to pay electricity, water mm. for some people, depending mm. on where you where you live, or hydro, you know. Mm. And then you add on transport, you add on subscriptions, Netflix, Spotify, mm. right, you know, yeah. on and on. The time you actually sit and take a breather, you'll find that you have to cut out certain things from your needs. And I'm not saying, like, everyday needs. I'm like, you know, uh, needs like, for example, uh, maybe your nails or... Mm. oh maybe you wanted this cute shirt from a store mm. and you're like okay i have to sacrifice that because i need maybe that 50 dollars, or i need that 20 dollars to do something else that's more important than buying a new shirt or something yeah that's so, true. yeah mm-hmm. does anyone realize that you actually Let's say, for example, your main source of income is your is your job, right? You mm-hmm. you signed a contract, and what they told you that you know we're going to be giving you this much. Does anyone realize that you'll actually never see that actual sum? Yeah, your, your that's balance. So balance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, where's my money? <laughs> what am I working for? <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but in Finland, um, the the tax the tax is deducted as soon as you your money so if let's say you're earning um seven thousand euros and they, you have a you have a tax rate of of i don't know 35 percent mm-hmm. that means that you you will always get your money minus 35 percent and that's before even the first deductible that's maybe rent or mm-hmm. or, or, or pension or whatever mm-hmm. that means you actually never ever see the money that was on your employment <laughs> contract when you signed it you're like i'm gonna be rich yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so crazy to think about yeah yeah i think yeah. another thing for me that i've learned that i realized as an adult is that oh my god i have to compromise on so many things i just when i was 15 16 i used to be one of those people who'd say i can't wait to you know move out and and this is when my parents were annoying me maybe i'm like i can't wait to move out and get my own space and i could do whatever and no one will ask me anything and my life will just be i'm gonna get a job and i'm gonna have a car and i'm gonna and i just thought these things just come and i'll go out when i want to yeah and tell me anything yeah and it's for me it's realizing that you know there are things you know you deserve and you're putting in the work and you're reflecting on the trajectory of your life to assert your progress you basically yeah. you're not slacking, right? But yeah. the achievements you desire just do not show up when you want them, and that's where compromise comes in. You know, you ideally I'd want to live in DC and work in 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 in, in this in, in the international development realm in D, in DC, but I'm stuck in a city I don't really like. Does this mean I just view this situation as oh it's my way or the highway, and you know uh, I'm just gonna get the hell out of here and I'll go live in Somalia and be a nomad or whatever. No, you just have to compromise because you know you're gonna you're doing the work and it will come eventually. So yeah. you stay in, you stay where you are and you continue to work 
and mm-hmm. hopefully it all just comes together yeah and also yeah. having to be accountable while not while not necessarily being accountable to anyone yeah. but having to be accountable to yourself and knowing that you know if you fail yourself in one way or the other mm-hmm. i'm not talking about a redirection but i'm talking about a true failure perhaps by a mistake that you saw mm-hmm. could have been avoided it's really right. hard being accountable to yourself and being the one who's going to handle all the disappointments mm, and yeah. you know just knowing that you your weight starts and weight ends right mm-hmm. you know it's um it feels i call it the bigness of life like the weight of life and mm-hmm. and everything that comes with it and just making sure that even if you're not the most brilliant and most accomplished person but like you know you're fine nothing is missing mm-hmm. nothing is yeah. broken everything is moving and mm-hmm. you're just a a functioning human being that is stable and you know everything's just going on okay mm, yeah that's true you know yeah. especially for us when we've moved abroad and you feel so untethered because i oh, i know the three of us have have a similar upbringing in a certain way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just being abroad and being untethered from our sheltered upbringing and having to to deal with everything on your own that just the weight of the feeling the magnitude of life and its decisions and all of that is is a bit of a challenge and it can be a bit daunting at least at least mm-hmm. for me, I don't know if it's the same for you mm-hmm. just to touch on what samson had said is when now that we all have you know obviously as friends we all have similar bringing and stuff like that mm-hmm. and for us three being abroad the way we are mm-hmm. it's funny how back home certain people in our family or even friends assume that because you're out of the country you're living better than them or you have better opportunities than them which is not a bad thought to be honest like yes the opportunities might be better than where you're actually from but they also need to realize that life the thing with their suffering back there is the same mm-hmm. way we also have our own sufferings out here yeah it's a different it's a different Hi. jungle mm, yeah bad. it's not it's not as rosy as it seems and i don't yeah. think people romanticize being abroad i think where you are and what works for you is what works for you yeah. being abroad mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily a guarantee of you know a better life mm-hmm. or better mm-hmm. prospects yeah Yeah cuz people who come and then they realize they can't hack it and they go back because maybe they realize that the, the standard of life or the quality of life they were living back home is so much better than what so they did yeah 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 and i think even for us in so many ways mm-hmm. we left a really good life and 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 came abroad yeah. we aren't in in so many ways life back home was so much better and yeah. we did make very huge compromises to be here right you know? mm-hmm. yeah and just thinking about about you know the fact that no one really everyone just makes it as they go and everyone just you know sort of tries to find their way and there isn't you know a prescribed trajectory for everyone you mm. know yeah. even our parents some of our parents were were having us or were meeting each other at this age and can you imagine that they decided to be with each other and build yeah. lives at our age but look at us we can't we can't even make decisions sometimes and, yeah mm-hmm. like I was thinking back and as my mom my mom had me at 24 at 24 I was 
I was in no position. And I'm 24 right now. Yeah. So you can imagine. And I feel 16. <laughs> I feel like I'm still, sometimes I talk to you guys and I'm like, I'm still a child and I have to catch myself and, and you know, and remind myself, okay, you're actually an, an adult now. But in many ways, I still feel like I'm a child still. Yeah, me, right. I'm baby, period. You're baby? I'm, baby, I'm, baby, I'm, baby, I'm, baby, I'm baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's i mean i just it humanizes our parents in so many ways if you mm-hmm. think about it because it they're does making, yeah they're making it along as they go and and each and every day when i when i look at myself now mm. and think about what my my mom for example would have been doing at my age well she had me at 32 so mm-hmm. she was still in school but even at 32 and i have friends who are in their 30s and when I compare my life to theirs, when we have very open conversations, I do got my shit together and they ain't. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah. And I think, I think everyone has, everyone has their time, you know, even yeah. in high school, you know, during puberty, we had, we had people that picked at 14. And... Yeah, I, I never want to be, I, thank God I'm not, because imagine, you know, sometimes you see people and you're like, that person looks their best, their best in high school. Right now you're like, yeah. what is but going now on? They're, they're, they're beats. <laughs> now they're looking weird. <laughs> Thank God my glow up came in when I was around my late teens. Like around because you can you imagine picking in high school? What then next? Yo? <laughs> hey. I mean, and 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 the people that picked in high school, I mean we've been well, this is a bit shady, but we've been looking at some of them and they're just like, oh Lord. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. You let me be during that time, Lord, because that could have been me. It could have been me, Jesus. Uh-uh. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's it, it and it just you? it just goes to show that you know we all have our own time. Mm-hmm. And and there isn't there isn't a, a set out, you know, timeline and deadline for for milestones and for you know for what to like do. Like the Christians say. God you makes know, everything in his own time. In his own time. So, yeah. 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 And I think we we should we should give ourselves grace. Grace. Mm-hmm. And be kinder to mm-hmm. ourselves. More patient. And for me, despite all of that, I feel that as long as there's constant value addition. Mm, you know, yeah, as long that's each day, anything that you do each day, every decision you make, everything, every single step you take points you in the direction of where you want to go. It's all good. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how slow things are moving as mm-hmm. long as they're moving forward. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm always, I'm also trying to do myself this year mm. is extending myself grace because I extend so much grace to other people and I extend that grace to myself also mm. because I'm one of the people who, when I fuck up, I'm so hard on myself. I'm like, fuck, why would you do that, you know? But mm-hmm. also, I also remind myself that I'm human. I'm bound to fuck up. Yeah. yeah. And the same way that other people, you know, because in your 20s, anyone who comes into your life, is it to teach you a lesson or to be with you for your life? Yeah. So, the same way when somebody fucks you over in this life, the same way you extend them grace, because maybe you're seeing like, Oh, they're not as bad, or whatever they did to you is not as bad as you. However, you want to take it, you know. Mm. But the same way you extend them grace is something that should extend. You should extend yourself as a person. Mm-hmm. The same way you're able to forgive other people, you're able to forgive yourself. 
No, but sometimes sometimes you don't have to forgive, my friend. Sometimes you really have to, you know. Cut them off. Yeah, you have to cut them off. Sometimes you have, you know, sometimes if they go low, you need to go underground. underground. You need to go to hell. (laughs) You're not Michelle Obama, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it depends on the situation for me personally. Mm. Yeah. But I think also learning. Mm-hmm. When you learn from your problem, from your mistakes, you need to mm-hmm. take what you learned and actually keep it moving. Because because mm-hmm. some people make yeah. the same mistake over and over, over. and over and right. over, you know, and and then and it's that's just myself. There's growth within someone every day. Yeah, yeah. There's something you did today that tomorrow or oh, i'm gonna stop doing this and you by the time you realize you stop doing it it'll be a long time or like you know in a few weeks will be like oh shit i stopped doing that shit because your mind just tells you or even just your thoughts to yourself will be like i want to stop doing this I wanna and then once you stop doing it then a human every day yeah and once you've stopped doing it <clears throat> when you see someone else doing it don't look at them sideways because mm-hmm. you used to be right there mm-hmm. yeah, you were doing that just the other day mm-hmm. You better not be at your brand new. No. I feel like that's where the grace comes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's where the grace comes in because you're like, I used to do that shit. Yeah. yeah. So you understand where they're at. Yeah. Mm. Another yeah, thing that's really... So you shouldn't be hard on them. Yeah. But you can only extend grace. There's, you know, there, there's, there's only there's, so much. It also, yeah, it also has a limit. There's exactly, there's so much grace you can extend. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not extending any more grace. Extent, to be I'm not grace this year, child. I think Adam extended enough grace already. We're shaking the table now, <laughs> I mean, you can extend grace, but the thing is, the problem with extending grace sometimes is that people feel that you're a walkover. Mm. And that maybe you didn't notice what they're doing and you turn the other cheek. Yeah. And that's mm. what I usually say. My my motto when it comes to these things is gracious, not soft. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, gracious, not soft. So, you know, you acknowledge that you've seen what they've done and you tell them that you're going to let it slide because it's the first time mm-hmm. and you let them know that there's not going to be a second time ever. Mm. Yeah. But Samson, how have... would you tell somebody without hurting their feelings? You just say what you need to say in a very clear and concise manner you don't have to mince your words because look if someone's fucked up you shouldn't have to cater to the to the to the you know to the how will they preciousness of their feelings Mm -hmm. just because you know you don't want to hurt their feelings you have to say what you have to say as long as you're not being outrightly insulting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if someone feels insulted simply because you've told them something that they did then it's like if if hearing what you did is insulting to you, then that's surely a pointer that you have to change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you just yeah. say what you have to say in the clear in the clearest and most concise way and, and just keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. If they decide to take it against you that you've, you know, that you've spoken up for yourself, then that usually that's someone who should be out the window, you know? And so you kind of just yeah. you know, go your own way and never have such people in your life mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and it's but one thing i know i've learned from yeah from one thing i've learned since beginning of this year is people know what they're doing 
they know when they're fucking you over, they know when they're doing dumb shit to you, or they know when they're even hurting your feelings. But they wait for you to acknowledge it. So they can come back and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, oh, blah, blah. They could just want you to, you know, it's like they want you to know. Mm. So that's how I was like, how do you, like, you know, if you're, if, if, now that you're aware, this shit to you, how would you make it known? their feelings because i don't believe hurt you know hurt people hurt people yes and you know yeah. no one wants to be in a situation like that but how would you be able to extend grace to this person and be like okay you fucked up over here i don't like what you did blah blah just how you said it just how you yeah. said it yeah yeah, you just have to say what you have to say and keep it moving. And the thing is, <laughs> people do know what they're doing. People do know what they're doing, but they don't. They they only keep doing it because you don't speak up. Mm, that's and true. And when you don't speak up, they're like, "Oh, thank you, Jesus. You done given me your strongest soldier, and I'm gonna put them through it." <laughs> hey, please God, I'm not your strongest soldier. <laughs> So the thing is, as soon as you notice that someone's walking all over you, you just have to speak up. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to sometimes speak up. I had guts like, sometimes I wish I had guts like Charmaine and Samson because I feel like out of all my friends, these are the people who can speak their mind and they can do it in a way that like it won't be offensive or anything. Oh, no. You know, sometimes when you say, I think it's not offensive and, and we know we're not being offensive, but people take it as offensive. Whenever you call someone or you state something that someone does not want to hear but everyone gets offended by the truth that's the everyone thing. i've yeah people just and sometimes sometimes the offense is not is not because of the truth it's how dare you call me out yes mm-hmm. you know? how dare how you dare label you me out. how dare you tell me this is my character how dare you yeah 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 and that's why i'm very i'm very tactful with the way i speak about what someone has done and I always, I always, um, I always dwell on the action mm-hmm. and not the person. So I won't tell someone that mm-hmm. you're a horrible mm-hmm. person for doing this, but I will tell them that you did this and this is inhumane. Yes, yeah, that's how. I wouldn't tell them that you're inhuman. I would say your actions are inhumane and hurtful. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. you always the actions have to be the subject. You never go into the person's character. Mm-hmm. You speak about the actions mm-hmm. and you assign all the adjectives you have you'd have used about the person's character into the action. Yeah. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's usually how I do it. So I get to say everything that I needed to say without speaking to the substance of the person, because someone can be the shittiest person to mm-hmm. you, but they're an angel to someone else. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And maybe they're and shitty funny, person the to you because they thought they walk all over you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The reason I'm, I'm even saying this is because earlier this year is in a similar situation with somebody who I thought the friendship would never end because somebody who we've grown up together, our parents knew each other, like we were boys, like we were good, good friends. And then all of a sudden, you know, shit just hit the fan. But it was mostly on the other person's end. And I didn't know how to bring it up to them and be like, I don't like what you did. So it took me a while. It took me like almost three months. And when I reached out and I told them, they flipped that shit and they made it look like it was my fault. So I felt like I was crazy, but I knew I wasn't. Mm. And when I told them, you know what? You're you're actually making me sound like I'm the one at fault. And in reality, you're the one at fault. Maybe you should look into yourself and see why I'm saying this shit to you. Or why I've brought it up. 
But then they were like, you're bashing me, you're bashing me. And I was like, bitch, I ain't got time to fucking argue with you. And let me tell you, me have a good complex. Me. <laughs> but you see, that also ties into like, why I say, I keep saying friendships are everything and nothing. So you don't get to place too much uh, regard on some of these things. Like you should just take your position. If the reaction you get is not what a, an objective person would how is not how an objective person would react then mm-hmm. that is your exit point you don't have to yeah. keep, you don't have to be i think sometimes we push ourselves to be so reconciliatory and we're not coffee and nan where this is not our job right and sometimes right? I think... especially because you know you always have i felt like it was a soft spot because this is somebody I've, I've known we literally grew up together you know yeah so yeah. it was like gosh i can't let this shit go like i can't let this friendship end like that yeah and that's looking the point. Back sometimes, now, like, fuck it. I think sometimes people people try to hold on to relationships because of longevity. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. if someone has done to you something that is so clearly horrible, and they can't bring themselves to see what they've done to you, mm-hmm. at this point, this person has revealed to you that they're not someone you'd actually want to have in your life anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then, why would you try to be reconciliatory? and still keep them around all because you have a long history mm-hmm. you know is the is is your is your need to hold on to longevity is this longevity and this history you've had with this person is it worth you compromising on the quality of humans you want around you mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. worth you risking a repeat of what happened or the same thing happening mm-hmm. and on a, on a, on a, on a level that's way more grave yeah mm-hmm. sometimes longevity is nothing and i think when we get to know people when you have people that are close to you and they're good and high quality humans you should take them as they are and experience mm-hmm. them each day and and you know and appreciate having them in your life for what they are but also um don't put them on a pedestal mm-hmm. and remember that because they're human they might turn out one day to be something that you didn't expect them to be and mm-hmm. when they do in that moment still see them for what they are try to resolve things and if it's irreconcilable go your separate ways yeah you know there's some people who you 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 look at them and you're like okay this somebody I don't like this somebody I've been around who's been around in my life for so long and yeah. that's guilt you know you oh. know it don't have to be guilt cuz sometimes I said what I said, and you said what you said, and, <laughs> and that's, it that's looks like we don't come to the end of the road, baby. So here we uh, Bye. But you know mm-hmm. what? When I look back right now, I'm like, because I spoke my truth, and I said I don't like when you did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. And they were like, "You're bashing me," and like mm-hmm. circling back to what Samson and Charmaine had said, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know when you tell them the truth, they're like, "Oh, now mm-hmm. it's my fault," you know. Because I'm just only hearing the truth. Just mm-hmm. to add on that, you know, I think that that you know, because of religious upbringings mm-hmm. and and because of this, especially us as Africans, this culture of morality and right or wrong, good mm-hmm. or bad, mm-hmm. um, we are so obsessed with um, with holding on to the idea of goodness. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of goodness and forgetting that, you know, making a mistake doesn't discredit your goodness as a person. Right. And so when someone's confronted with the fact that they've done something that's wrong or unjust to someone else, it may be really hard for them to hear it because in that moment, they don't hear you telling them that, hey, Mm. You did me wrong and I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. They hear you telling them that, hey, you're a horrible human being. Yeah. Yeah. So they get defensive. And the only, the only cure to that, the only cure to actually taking criticism or actually, you know, getting feedback from people who are important to you is mm-hmm. getting to know yourself and, 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 you know, looking at yourself with a critical eye while mm-hmm. still being graceful to yourself and understanding that despite all your goodness and the other flaws that you may have, mm. you're still capable of making a mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you can make a mistake and rise from it and, you know, set things right, mm-hmm. then you still are a good human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I personally... I believe that most human beings have more goodness in them than, than, bad. than malevolence, you know? Yeah. 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 And just Christian dogma in general, just, you know, church fear mongering makes people, you know, have a hard time facing their mistakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also believe in um, people can change. Like, you know, there's, like I said, growth within a human being every day. <laughs> Yeah, people can change. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll never The way you did it, I was time. like, yeah, I knew you were going to say something. Yeah. <laughs> but, but also, you, know what? Mm. you don't got to stay around for people to change. Yeah, and you don't got to treat somebody. You ain't no yeah. university. You ain't no doctor. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, another thing is we also need to get over the fear. I think I think it also ties, you notice, I notice it with a lot of people who are from uh, us Africans. Mm-hmm. We really struggle with boundaries. We struggle we with boundaries so hard. And even though we are a generation that's working on ourselves and we're, in, we're doing therapy and we're doing self-work, we are still struggle. I struggle with boundaries. And boundaries also, if you have good boundaries, you're able to know when you exit left, right? Because mm-hmm. like, look, I've done everything. This is my five-step thing I usually do. If I finish my five-step uh, process and the situation is still the same. This is where I exit. We're not clear on those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we're taught our, our culture promotes, oh, neighborly, neighborliness and friendliness and keeping things, you know. And like, communal yeah. living. Yeah. And, and so if someone could step on your toes and all you have to do is smile back and say, step harder. That's what our, our culture says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's not our culture. It's the white people that brought that to us. <laughs> and I feel like African it's culture. mostly to our generation. Like, yeah. you have to respect the adults and stuff. But then when they're disrespecting you, do you expect, like, you want me to smile back and be like, okay, yes, thank you for disrespecting me. Like, no. Yes, you're the same demanding respect. I think I spoke about this with Shamin some time back mm-hmm. in, in one of our conversations. And I mm-hmm. told her that I had had a conversation with an adult relative of mine mm-hmm. and and I had been very clear to them about how they did me wrong and they didn't feel they felt disrespected because as a child I should have stayed at a child's place and mm-hmm. never spoken up 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I told him that I understand that you want respect. Mm-hmm. But what you're asking for at this time is not respect. Mm-hmm. That is reverence. True. Mm-hmm. That you want me to put you on a place so high mm. that you are beyond reproach. You, your actions are, you know, they shouldn't be questioned. Mm-hmm. And that I, I don't deserve to speak up to myself for myself when you when you wrong me because just by virtue of what of you being old, really? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I told them, you know, and, and I told them that, you know, I can give you respect, mm-hmm. but I'll never give you reverence. That's true. That's so true. You're not a god. You will get respect after you've earned it. Mm-hmm. Period. But I'll not give you reverence. <laughs> Period. And I think we're the only generation that's that. are very different. Yeah. Yeah, because and I think I don't think our parents told this to their elders. So there is a shock factor that comes with that. You know, we're the first generation that is speaking up and refusing to be mistreated. Yeah. 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 So it's not going to be a walk in the park for sure. People will still try and push your boundaries and 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 try and uh, subject you to, you know, you're a child and this is our, how what our culture dictates. But... Yeah. You know, Chiamanda said the thing about culture. If culture is controlling you, then is it really culture? Because culture should work for you. Yeah, it should work for you. It should make sense. If it's if you're bowing down and and doing things in the name of culture, then and you don't even know why you're doing them. You're yeah. just doing them because it's culture, it's mm-hmm. customs and traditions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the thing. I think the older generation, more often than not, they want reverence. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. want respect, and those are two very different things. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, true. yeah, um, yeah. It's it's very it's a really you. hard one to navigate, and mm-hmm. I think it's a problem that we're always going to have mm-hmm. until you know, by the natural cycle of life, that generation would have been phased out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then maybe things are going to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, now, so another thing I notice about being an adult is that living alone can get very lonely. Eh. Can get so lonely. <laughs> and now we're, you know, we're now in our 20s, so we're in the dating game now. And so you, we, but the dating game is also very interesting in this day and age because it's this whole um, pendulum of, okay, are, are you choosing your partner versus getting chosen, especially if you're doing online dating, if you're swiping left, right. Mm-hmm. And then the lack, the investment or the lack thereof in uh, today's digital age, are we spoiled for choice? And you tinder your way into a long-term relationship. Those are the kind mm. of things we are now considering. Yeah. Um, I think I think with the digital age, mm-hmm. um, you never know whether you're choosing or getting chosen. But I mean, if it's Tinder, it takes two people to swipe right in order for there to be a match. So... Isn't the choosing being done equally? Mm. But then in again, that moment, yeah. Then again, when it comes to Tinder, remember, like with our generation and stuff, it's a lot of hookup culture. Like, there's a lot of hookup culture in our generation. Mm. So, when it comes to Tinder, poor, like, if you want to quick fuck Tinder, listen, it ain't nothing wrong with scratching an itch, but. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is yeah, not bad. We, we all, we all have more. needs as human beings. We all have needs, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I'm not discounting anyone who's on the apps, but it gets to a point mm. where you have to decide, okay, I've matched with this person. I think they may be a good fit. Fine. It started off as a hookup thing. Fine. But I'm going to choose maybe to get off the app for a bit and commit to dating them for the next couple of months to ascertain mm-hmm. if this is probably it. But yes. and, and I think that's a good way... You know, if you're gonna go into online, that's how I I would do it that way. And mm-hmm. then you know, you know, because you know what that does, it prepares you for those tough times when you you've both chosen each other, even in those mm-hmm. hard moments. Now, someone like me, I like to win, and I hit below the belt in order to win. That's just who I am. But those when you go into it with that mindset, and you know your flaws, my flaws that that I like to win, then you're able to learn how to fight differently with this person. You're able to communicate in a way the other person can hear and understand you and not and not just to read read or like ease you of your feelings in that moment but Mm -hmm. for you to be able to sit down and say this is what we need to do this is the emotional work that needs to be done for us to make this work i don't think that's what's happening today so i struggle with you know online dating or anything in that realm um because i want some someone that's emotionally available and that's not what I'm getting online, the people yeah. I've met have not been emotionally available. So, you know, for me, it's, it's some other point. Or where, aware. So yeah. They can be available, but are they aware? Like, mm-hmm. And I'm at that yeah. point where I'm like, okay, no matter how great these other qualities are, mm-hmm. does this person have access to to their emotions? Because if they don't, then everything else just, you know, just goes down the drain. That's where I'm mm-hmm. at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's very important that you brought up uh, leaving the apps to mm. focus on one person because I find that with apps, you know, if you've met someone off the apps and mm. you're sort of doing your thing and it's been maybe a couple of months, let's say two, and, uh, you know, you hit a few bumps here and there, maybe the person's annoying or you realize that there's certain fundamental things that you're not aligning on, mm. you you lack the fight to try and fix it because you're kind of like, you know, I must retweet people. So... <laughs> there's a bunch of other cute people there who swiped right on me and I swiped right on them. So we chose each other. Yeah. And if you ain't acting right, I'm out the door. <laughs> I got you know? 300 people just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's always, that's one of the reasons why people are not so invested in dating these days mm-hmm. because yeah. there's just way too much choice and, and there's, there's just way too many options to choose from. But can we talk you know? about dating when we're abroad? Oh, oh, that could be a whole that, other podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I, for me, I think the dates are just. I'm just. You know what? It, what are dates? Dates are just. It's so. It's the same all around. It's like you go dating. You, you, meet, you go to a restaurant. You sit down. You. You, and you know who doesn't have a good time when they're at a nice restaurant and who doesn't have a good time when they've had a glass of wine well at least six to eight glasses for me and 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 you know we're doing dinner dates <laughs> drinks and after that that wears you out after they've done six dates of that i don't want to do another dinner date i don't want to do another what you know i don't want to do that anymore there has to be variety me out. in the date <laughs> There has to be variety in the dates. Yeah. And I think I think another thing that cri- cripples genuine dating is uh, the online discourse around dating. Mm. And there's this, 
there's the way people speak about dating and even the meme culture around mm-hmm. it is that um, everyone tries to be savage. Everyone tries to be um, the tough one, mm. you know, mm-hmm. the one that's ready to leave, the one that's, um, you know, the one that doesn't, that doesn't take bullshit from nobody. So, but listen, isn't that us three? Cause we're always like, we get in with one foot and the other foot is like, listen, I'm ready to exit. ซิดิสิชั่นเอซันเดอร์เน็กซ์ทูอันเลยคอดเจซี่เซดอัมออลเวย์เรดี้อัมออลเวย์เรดี้ทูอัมออลเวย์เรดี้ทูคอมพรอ
the your the your choice in life partner can be your can be your can be your route to to greatness or it can be your greatest undoing that's true that's yeah. Mm-hmm. that's why i'm a great proponent for hypergamy and sign the prenup yeah and assign the prenup sign the prenup Cause you you won't break my soul. I only got one soul. You won't break my, I'm about to break my I'm soul. About to be. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to be sipping my champagne as we do the divorce papers. You know. Yeah. A very a very yeah, a very amicable. Divorce. Yeah, in fact, amicable. And yeah, you gonna cash out and leave. No one is trying to end up like fucking Kelly Clarkson, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Sorry to that girl. Sorry to that girl. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a pray for her. I'm a pray for her. <laughs> <laughs> but I think amongst the three of us, who's most likely to get married first? I don't know why you're trying to lean first. But yeah, you also don't know how the world, you don't know how the you know life will take us. I think I mean because she's very clear on what she wants. And right, she, I feel like and she doesn't, <laughs> and she doesn't spend. She doesn't. She always. She she knows if something's gonna work or not, mm. and she's not afraid mm-hmm. to sort of just you know leave the situation if it isn't working. And I think that yeah. always leaves the door open for 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 you know for more for for people that are more aligned and and serious. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I and just then I feel like it's also because... trouble with like hooking. I can't because I'm, you know, I. It's very hard for me to get into the whole hookup thing because I. So. Cannot do the whole. Like, you have to have a, you have to have a connection with the person for you to. Yeah, for me to even yeah, it's just not gonna happen. I'm just not gonna meet you and be like, yeah, you look kai, you look nice, and it's fun, and the music's great, and the drink is hitting, and you're just gonna. It's really hard for me to do that. <clears throat> Baby, it ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of bump and grind. <laughs> mm. My thing is but we're one thing... be clear on what we want. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a matter of communication. Thing. Yeah. I think, what I think... If, it's, if it's hookup, say you're going to hook up, you know? Yeah, like, communicate yeah. it. Communicate. Be, vocal. be vocal about what you want. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think people, people really forget that sex is psycho emotional mm. it's not just it's not just the the physical aspect of it it's psycho emotional mm-hmm. and 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 if you want to hook up you really have to look within and think that is this really what i want in this moment am i comfortable doing this and am i giving myself over to this experience is this what i actually want to do mm. mm-hmm. the thing for me is i'm not scared to hook up but if i have the slightest doubt doubt or the slightest feeling of resistance i'll just not do it, it it's fine there's going to be another chance it's you just, can just get your toy you just get your little toy and do your own yes and that's why it's, it's good to always mm-hmm. trust your gut that's why it's always yeah. good to because you never know like what the other person's intention is with you mm. yeah yeah because you might just want to go there and hook up and then the other person is like well you thought <laughs> so yeah i think and the thing is we have to, we have to we have also to understand that you know not every each has to be scratched yeah true you're horny but you're not going to die like, yeah yeah we've also there's some people i saw on tiktok the other day some woman had been celibate for six years and now she's engaged and i'm like shit man six years 
That's crazy. That's some discipline. Actually. And she survived. So what's stopping? You know, like someone said, not every itch has to be scratched. So yeah, bless that sister. Could never be me, but bless her. Bless her heart. <laughs> yeah. So anything is is. Are there any other lessons anyone wants to share? Uh, child, I got something I want to say. You better say it, child. You <laughs> better preach. Me in this office, child. They mm-hmm. ain't paying me enough. They ain't paying you, child. You better yes. report them. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like in careers, mm. it doesn't matter how good your pay package is, especially if you're working for an organization that has, you know, a decent turnover that makes a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how good your your salary package is. Mm-hmm. At any given moment, they are giving you the list that they can give you. True. And when you're signing mm-hmm. a job contract, the contract is always drafted to be in favor of your employer. Mm-hmm. And it, it, sometimes I sit down and think about it and I'm just like, you know, as long as you're employed, mm. you really are getting the short end of the stick. It doesn't matter how good the, 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 the conditions are. Even if you're the director. Envious. Yeah. It makes me envious of people who are self-employed, like the influencers and the artists. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it really, true. yeah. And, and especially when I'm having a hard time at work or when it's a, it's a very intense season, mm-hmm. I just feel like, wow, I want to do this. I know, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not getting the most that I could, especially when you look at people that are, when you look at your seniors, mm-hmm. you look at how they live. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, and 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 right now in my career, I'm in a in a in a position that's very mid level, mm-hmm. and in the structure of any any business or any organization, the people at the very middle do the most work. Yeah, you carry the bulk of the of the of the of the work that's that's done, and when you look at your seniors, they they. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What you make? What you make in a month? They make in in hours. I don't know. Maybe maybe in a day. day. I mean, the pay gaps here aren't that crazy, but yeah. yeah. And it's so it's really annoying to watch because it just feels like when you look at them, then you start to feel like your effort is not commensurate to your pay. Yeah. And then it makes you frustrated, and then you start hating your job. But Mm -hmm. yeah. I always try to give my best. I mean, the thing about me is that I'm very prideful and I like, I never want for someone to have any negative criticism of my work. Mm-hmm. So I always deliver. Mm-hmm. I always deliver. That's one thing about me. At work, it's mm-hmm. giving midwife. I always <laughs> deliver. <laughs> and, and because you guys have been working there for a few years, what's your experience like? Hmm. I mean... Mm, of course, there's the tensions of being in a in a multiracial workspace, okay. mm-hmm. and you'll find a lot of times that even the most well-meaning people who aren't who aren't racist or anything, mm-hmm. just because of the of the messaging that they've gotten about people like you all their life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the expectations of you are very low. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes, um, and also then your mistakes are very loud to them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and your 
and your you know and and the good work that you do all the all the amazing things that you may do are also slightly unbelievable mm-hmm. yeah or, or you know there's some, they they can be like it's always like wow how did you do that or wow you did that mm. you and, did that <laughs> and you don't have personally for me how i've been able to navigate that is that um you know i just do my work to the best of my ability like i mm-hmm. said I deliver and you'll never criticize me on my work. It could be about anything else but my work. You'll never catch me sleeping. You can never talk shit about how I work, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the only way to move through it. Mm, yeah. And that's, 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 that's the best way to do yeah. it. Uh, for me it's I think especially where my current position right now, I tend to notice a lot of of course like Samson said there's a lot of microaggressions whether conscious or subconscious mm. but apart from that that's that you could deal with because it's just you know you notice it it's very apparent but it's not if you're black you do you everyone who's black in an organization that's mixed it's you you're dealing with this it's it's a given but mm. i also have i just tend to notice that people have this thing where if they notice you're the youngest in the room they equate that to lack of experience or lack of uh wisdom with how you, you yeah. carry out your yeah. work Yeah. yeah. So your I, input is never taken seriously. Yes. So I noticed yes. comments like and it might be said it might be they might be saying it as a joke but there's an undertone still of you mm-hmm. know you're, you're young you're so maybe and uh you may find maybe sometimes you're even more well versed with an issue than this person who's insinuating or, mm-hmm. or pointing towards your your age. So mm-hmm. um it's been interesting I've been trying to find you know ways to kind of um make light of it you know someone says oh you're oh you're a baby and i make sure i i hate I, you know that's a weird statement to make when yeah. it is yeah. it is <laughs> yeah and it's quite interesting because that's actually ageism yeah but then when you speak about ageism people think about it when it's done upward mm-hmm. they don't think about it being done downward yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know? mm-hmm. yeah that's so, true that's been my my little conundrum yeah yeah but generally i mean It's been good. We're all very Yeah. We're all very career driven. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think I mean I think we've done well for ourselves considering Oh my god, when you look back at cuz we me and Samson went this we in the same high school and we mm-hmm. spent our high school days talking about the Kardashians and Range Rovers and iPhones. <laughs> we used to say we used to say that we're going <laughs> to We're going to leave on the same streets and we're going to buy Matching Range Rovers. That's where we come. Yeah, we love iPhones. And can you imagine that was what people were studying during prep time because we went to this shady ass boarding school, and everyone was studying, and me and Samson were building castles in the air on what we our were talking about. Like. How we'll buy our matching Range Rovers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the people who were studying the most. You see, that's what again. That actually brings me to this. You know how you know, especially in the, in the Kenyan education system, it's you know, mm-hmm. it's it's almost textbook that you're told okay you know study go to school study after you study and get good grades you get a job and that's how you, that's what they put to you that doesn't happen mm-hmm. we've seen it that doesn't happen yeah and and also the thing that you know that when you when you if you don't especially if you're not good at stem mm. then you're you're good for nothing you you why do you even exist <laughs> be and you samson <laughs> Oh but one thing one thing I've learned from just traveling and being exposed to different cultures and you know mm. talking to different people mm. is that education is not everything. 
There are people out here who've made it. Yeah, that's true. But mm. child, you better have it. But you better have the papers. Uh-uh. Yeah. You better, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think. Like, I think. But I also think the whole uni experience. Minimum. But me also forget even the fine undergrad. Of course, I I feel it's important to have the papers, the certificate. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you could, and you know, it might sound elitist. And we've talked about this before, all of us. We've said how you could o- almost pick out the person in the room who didn't go to college, who didn't go to uni. Mm-hmm. You could mm-hmm. almost always pick them out. Uni yeah. is more than just the education part. It's also like a life journey, right? Yeah, yeah. Journey. You learn, yeah. you grow, you make me, and there's a, it's important to go to that. You're process. exposed to so many, so many things. Yeah. So many people, so school. cultures. Yeah. 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 That's true. It, it always shows. Mm. It always shows. And, and I think, and I think as well that education really isn't everything because, um, when you look even at the biggest, at the most achieved people, the, the wealthiest people, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. some of them weren't the brightest at school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know who's serving them? You know who's serving them in their multi-billion companies right now? It's the A students. Yeah, that's the true. A students, that's the true. A students are the ones working in research and development. They're the ones in charge of finance. And they're the ones heading departments, but the the inventors, the 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 founders of these huge corporations, mm-hmm. were yeah. you know average students like us. So education really isn't everything, but I think as well that there still should be a certain importance attached to it. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that for me personally, like if you don't have at least an undergrad degree, I'm not even trying. Like in terms of dating, I'm yeah. just not gonna do it. I'm like, sorry, you gotta have yeah. a no, this one yeah. was, in this, in all honesty, no one's with a stupid person. Let's just put it out there. So, I'm I not saying think... education doesn't make you like. I'm not saying like you know, not being educated doesn't make you stupid. But just in leave alone, even in terms of education, just in terms of even just life, no one's with a stupid person. Yeah, yeah. You're not with a person you know... who's exposed. You know, that you've been exposed to so many things, and mm-hmm. you're aware. And there's an exposure that comes with you going through that process. There's a exactly yeah. There's an exposure, and you could all. I'm telling you, you could almost pick it. And I've been someone who I'm like, okay, kind of open minded. Let me, you know, go on a few days, and just the 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 conversations are so starkly different. You can't even find a middle ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think also, like for me, I think uni uni teaches you uni teaches you how to what to do with your curiosity. Mm. What to do with your curiosity and how to use your curiosity and how to construct your argument. Mm. Yeah. And how to how to how to apply the knowledge that you have and the wisdom that you have into, Mm -hmm. you know, into into the more practical things of life. Mm. You know? And then how to how to communicate to people that are different from you. Mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah it yeah does. it does yeah and, and then I, there's still I, people who go through that whole process and don't have that have no tact have no it's zero so yeah you can you win something yeah. but then again you see that i feel like we're talking from this perspective of all of us being in uni abroad we need to talk about like the people who have been to uni in their own countries because i feel like their mindset is quite different from ours and like how we're thinking and even the things we're talking about because you know you just if you think about people who go to universities in their hometowns or their countries they're just exposed to the same crowd of people people either you end up finding somebody you went to high school with in that university or something you know so it's basically you're in the same ground you know nothing changes the only aspect that is removed when you go to your to the uni in your, in your country especially in Kenya where where the universities 
except for the private ones, the, the government universities are very homogenous. It's all Kenyans from different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. The only aspect then that is removed is multiculturalism, not really multiculturalism, but multinationalism. Yeah. Because remember, Kenya has 45 tribes and those are 45 different cultures. And so still you get that experience of dealing with people from different cultures. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The only aspect that is removed is multina- multinationalism. So mm-hmm. I think the, the experience is, is quite similar in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah. But, and, and speaking of university, when, you come, when it comes to, especially for us who've been to university abroad, you know, there's the, either you're in student accommodation or you're doing house share or you live with your friends who happen to have, you know, be in the same country as you. Speaking from experience, one thing I've learned mm. is your roommates, who you don't know, the person you're placed with or the person who you're with in your house share or your accommodation can become your best friend. But your best friend cannot become your roommate. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's the same way. It's the same way. It's not always advisable to mix business with friendship or money. Exactly. Oh, money. Oh, yeah. Those are sticklers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, especially, I feel like I've experienced not not personally, but I've seen certain people go through business with their friends and it's failed terribly. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's because when you when you when you make your friend your roommate, you know, it's the over familiarity. Mm. It builds contempt. Mm -hmm. You know. And because someone is so familiar with you, sometimes they lose respect for you and they lose respect for your space. But because they're your friend and in their own head, they mm. love you and they care about you, they don't realize when they're overstepping boundaries and when they're being offensive because at the very base of it is that they're your friend and they love and they care about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's almost, it's like this weird delusion that they could never wrong you. Mm, yeah like, you know you're my friend we live together what do you mean this is fun yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? but that's two different cultures two different households two different ways of doing things two different levels of hygiene yeah you know oh. so it becomes very difficult but then when it's a new person when it's an outsider because they don't know you they tend to they tend to move with tact and to mm-hmm. be very careful how they do yeah. things. And so and in fact, just... you have a very sober conversation. You'll sit down and say, what are, what are our deal breakers? What are, what are the lines we can't cross? And if it's crossed, it's, you're able to sit down and, and you, you also feel more comfortable fixing, telling yeah. them, like, yeah. oh, I don't like this. But with yeah. your friend, you might be like, oh, I have to, because you know them, I have to say it this way, otherwise it might become an issue. And mm-hmm. just all that mental yeah. that you don't need to do. Unless it's me, because baby, one thing about me, I'm going to tell you. Oh, you're yeah. going to talk, yeah. you're going to talk. <laughs> I'm going to talk. speaking of friendships when it comes i feel like another thing that people need to realize and i feel like it's something that is important to realize in your early 20s onwards but then again there's no time like there's no limit on you know learning things yeah you need to be able to differentiate acquaintances and friends Mm. and colleagues yes Mm. yeah because that's one thing i realized in my few you know uh gap years in life is mm-hmm. that there are people yes you can go to drink with them but those are not your friends mm. those are just people who are your drinking buddies or the people who you can just be like oh now go run an errand these are like my errand buddies or whatever like just a rough example and they're actual friends who when you're in shit they will come for, like you know they will help you they're down for you yeah 
Yeah, and true. sometimes that friendship can even build into, you know, it, they can literally become your family at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting how, like, real friends, like, close friends can actually show up more than family could. Yeah. 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 And it goes back to the whole thing about over-familiarity, is that yeah. sometimes family is so used to you to the point that they're not curious enough to be like, hmm, there's something underneath all this. Yes. This person could be feeling this. It's just because you, you've you been present or maybe if they're an old relative, maybe they were even in the room when you came into this world. So they just, they're so familiar with you to the point that they don't see you beyond what they've always known, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, as humans, we are changing and we're experiencing new things. So when when you're in a new season in your life, sometimes it may be really hard for people who have always been in your life. But when it's a friend, mm-hmm. when it's someone who's, you know, who's not a blood relative, who doesn't come from the same, you know, experience. Yes. And circumstances yeah. of life as you, they're able to understand you mm. more. Yeah. 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 And, and also... With friendship, mm. I think it's important to to take people for what they are, mm. yeah, and to allow them room for mistakes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And also, yeah. one other thing is, you know, mistakes come with. I think people focus so much on the mistake, but I think what causes more of the conflict is the pain that comes with the mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need to, if you no- notice that you're you're feeling a bit iffy about the person or what they did not even about the person must be might it's mostly what they did or what they said or something then you need to if you want that friendship to continue if you want the connection or the interaction to to be to be um to be what's the word i'm looking for you just want you don't basically just want the friendship to to go on then Mm -hmm. you need to let go of all that pain because then you make space for it to move forward. And it won't be the yeah. same. It moves forward, it moves forward differently. You can't go back to what it was. Mm-hmm. But I think we live in again back to our culture. And this is the this is the age of I will pepper you. I will show you who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I must ten toes down. I have to tell you I'm gonna give you a talking to. Yeah. You and know? so it's it's <laughs> it's that then makes it hard for because that's not how we're meant to be. That's not how we're meant to operate in this world. Mm-hmm. This is a cultural thing. So, and it's trendy now. 10 years from now, we'll have all these broken, French broken people walking around, not just being messy yeah. with how they deal with issues. Yeah. And um, with the brokenness comes with that projection. Sometimes you don't even know mm-hmm. you're projecting. You just start yeah. projecting on people. Yeah. I don't think, I'm actually just looking back now, and I don't think we've ever had like a conflict really, like a proper. Yeah. Have we had a conflict? We had, but you know, we're very similar. I know we keep saying this, but like we're so similar. We, even how we view dating is so similar. Someone could be listening in on this and being like, these crazy, this delusional people, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think we don't, I think we don't, we don't have conflicts because even like, even when we disagree, it's always just a conversation. Yeah. It's just like a quick, mm-hmm. quick one, it's a quick phone call. It's like, okay, the one, two, three. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. And it's done. And we laugh yeah. and we go back to listening to City Goals. Yeah. It's 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 actually quite strange. Yeah, it's funny. I've I've we've never even with uh with uh with Mandy also we've never had conflict as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, all of us we've just never. It's and it's not and it's quite interesting because it's not that we are so perfect that we don't argue, but it's always like hi hi, okay. So this is a conflict. Mm-hmm. How do and, we deal with uh, this? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was thinking, yada yada yada, and then it goes on. Yeah. And it it's it's done. Yeah. Which is very interesting because when we're dealing with other people, we're always so unhinged. We are. <laughs> yeah, we're always. <laughs> I'm always like, listen, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Charlene was talking about extending grace. That goes out the window, okay? Like, yeah. I don't know what grace is in those moments. Yeah. I'm not Michelle Obama. If you go low, I'm going underground. Yeah. Mm-mm. You're going to hell. You're not going to hell. Go <laughs> <laughs> to the depths of the fucking earth. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I didn't notice until you mentioned it, Samson. Yeah. I, 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 just, I was just thinking, and it's, how long have we been friends? Like 10 years? Since 2013. It's almost 2023. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a decade. Oh, that's a long, that's not a long one fight. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, yeah. I, I can't even if you know how you're saying we've had some disagreement. I can't even tell you what disagreement we've had. I don't remember. Yeah. I feel like I've only had that with one of my friends. Like, that's this one fr- friend of mine who I'm like, okay, yeah, when we have conflicts, it's like, oh, I don't like when you did this. I'm like, okay, fine, okay. And you know, we, we sort it out there and then, and that's it. Like, yeah, done and done and gone. Like, we don't talk about it anymore. I think. I think the thing that we've gotten close to unpleasantness is Charmaine can have moods sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. <laughs> And I'm kind of just like, mm, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of she's, she's, so, she's in her feelings. Let's give her time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay. You're in your feelings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll talk to you later then. Yeah. And when yeah. I'm in those moods, I don't, I'm not reasonable. I know I'm, I know I'm not like, you're not speaking to a reasonable person in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And I always just say, okay. If you've noticed, yeah. the texts always end with, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's never. And I I do that with everyone because you will not make me get out of character. If I want to pepper you, I will get out of character, but you not provoke me into mm-hmm. getting out of character. Mm. And it it's so annoying to so many people because I've been in these situations where someone is looking for trouble. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, wow. <laughs> are you like Kelani how she, she she was yesterday with that Chris Walker guy <laughs> yeah how he provoked and he was just like okay <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like oh I understand I understand I, you, you seem so the last the last time I had this kind of situation I told someone wow you seem to be highly emotional right now I don't think I have the tools to handle your temperament. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. But Sam said you so. <laughs> and I left the something. <laughs> no, because you know, at the end of the day, I get, I get, I get his, I get his reasoning. Because at the end of the day, they don't want to look back and be like, "Shit, I'm not overreacted. I look yeah. stupid." It's usually like yeah. that. Yeah. And they do feel very horrible after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's nothing as bad as, you know, some, you you losing your shit and the, the other person is just like, fuck it. Like, I don't really give a shit. Mm. Yes. But they're just looking at you and, you know, they make you even look stupid. Because you're arguing, basically you're arguing by yourself. So you, yeah, you babe, now stupid. you're in shame. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now you're in shame. You did the clownery and the clown is back to buy it, babe. Yeah. Now you don't feel good about yourself, but you can't do it. You're <laughs> <laughs> showing your ass and now you feel bad about it, but you can't do it. But I I will say it's a very good feeling to see like you know the person looking stupid. Yeah, it's a very good feeling. Oh me, if you do me dirty, it always comes back to you. And I'm always there to I'm front seat center to see your life implode. I'm always I'm. It comes back years later, but I'm always for some reason life just allows me that chance to always see you just 
unravel. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it, I know it sounds easy. It's like, hmm. I think I think we have a very strong belief in that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, for me, I I don't know, but for me, I feel like it doesn't take that long, but I see it like <laughs> it's working in my favor. Yeah, it always do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no, the ancestors don't play, baby. So you're uh, <laughs> the whole lineage here to one person, but you messing with the whole lineage, like yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think I think it's very like navigating conflict is. It's something people need. These are the things they need to teach. This us. is what we need to be taught. Yeah, conflict resolution. Yeah. This is what we should mm-hmm. be taught. And mm-hmm. it will help not only just your personal life, your work life, even the breakdown of marriages. I think it's solely because of just there's just bad conflict resolution. They don't no one knows mm-hmm. how to resolve conflicts. People are holding grudges, going to bed, not talking to your partner for two weeks straight and you're in the same house. How does that happen? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a skill people don't have. Mm-hmm. It's a skill people don't have. And and it's very hard to learn it when you're grown. Mm. It's really hard, but sometimes you, you have to learn it. You have way. to. And for me, I had to learn that not because I wanted to be better with people, mm. but just because I wanted my peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like tension. I wanted my peace. And realizing that no matter how how wrong someone has done you, it's it's upon you to to you know to save yourself from that from the unpleasantness mm-hmm, of it. Yeah. No one's gonna do that for you. Yeah, and that sometimes someone can so gravely wrong you, and they're never gonna apologize. So you That's have to. That's true. You have to make yeah. peace with that. You have to make peace with that, and you have to make you you know you have to create a peaceful yeah experience for yourself. Yeah, and even and speaking of apologies, mm-hmm. there's people who can even just apologize because. They're like, I want to keep the peace, or I've just said I've, I'm gonna say sorry because that's what they want to hear from me. So yeah. let me just say sorry. Yeah, and that's why I never chase apologies because period. I hate I hate getting a shut up apology. Yeah, you know a shut up. Many people do that. They'll be like, apologize, you didn't, so you have to, and I'm, and it's. I think it points to something deeper, because yeah. because you know what? Once you get that apology, you don't feel better. It's funny yeah. because you know what they say in Swahili? They mm. always say, and it's, it, it, you know, it's funny because people would like took it as a norm. Now it's a norm. Mm. Like whenever you wrong somebody in Nairobi, they'd always be like, Sipole Basi, which translates to, I said sorry, so. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry then. then. Sorry. Yeah. sorry then. Take your sorry. Yeah. There's and your doesn't sorry. Work you can like shut up that. now. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's like Sipole Basi is now like, that's the. That's the shut up story that I'm talking about. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've said I'm sorry. Shut up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's why I never chase apologies. Yeah. Hey, period. Yeah. period. Yeah. When I first went into therapy, I remember telling my therapist, my first session in therapy, I think it was 2018, thereabouts. And I was telling my therapist, I really I need this apology. And, and she just said, why are you so focused on this apology? What if you never get it? Will you be chasing it for another five years? Your, that person probably does not even know they have to apologize to you. And True. yeah, they don't even know. They're living, you're still stuck with this person and how they've not, they've wronged you so badly and you require an apology because they did you so wrong. Why are you disturbed? Why? Look for the why behind that wanting that apology and you'll solve all your problems. Yeah, that's very true. One thing about me, I'm like Maddie from fucking Euphoria. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Because... 
once I remove you from my life, like, and I don't think, like, I remove anything that reminds me of you, mm-hmm. I don't even chase that apology anymore because I literally, like, you're gone with the wind, like, you're a dead person to me. Mm. So I don't give a fuck anymore, basically. Yeah, and sometimes you just have to, you have to really just release people because not everyone should be in your life. And I think True. People, when when people are wronged, and you've clearly been wronged, people go into crisis mode because they're like, oh my God, what if this person doesn't apologize to me? Does that mean that I'm going to lose them? And then you realize that they aren't apologizing to you. And so you kind of convince yourself that you've gotten over it and you you get into the normal, you know, into the normal interactions with them, but mm-hmm. you're holding a resentment in the back of your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. It's just like sometimes, you know, you're going to be blocked and blazed. Bye. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. one thing about me, I'm a block someone. See, see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other day was telling me that you know I wish I was like you. I you will not so disturb my talk. mind. You will not disturb my mind. Yeah. Literally, you will sight out of mind. I don't see you. You're like you're basically you're dead to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. So I think that's all for this episode. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's been a great episode. Thanks for having us. We need to have you back again. We need to do this again. Period. Again, again. Yeah, I feel like we got lost in the conversation. Yeah, we kind of just, you know, there's no structure to it. We we were just talking. Yeah, but it's good. Mm -hmm. We want to do this. Yeah, Yeah, but that's the thing that when we get together, even on a phone call, yeah. it could go for four hours. <laughs> even the time we even six. The time we slept for we slept like one in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we could imagine we get on the calls. Someone is cooking. Someone is cleaning. Someone we're just doing our own thing. Yeah, and we will talk. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, okay. it's, it's been nice catching up, and uh, so here's to growing up and figuring yeah. out this thing called life. Yeah, and being and, and being better people in our own ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and learning and we're learning. We keep yeah, sure learning next year learning. we'll look back at this conversation and be like, oh, because some things will, will be different. So yes. Yeah. Sure. Okay, guys. But one thing but, but one thing before we go, let me tell you guys, <laughs> never look like your problems in this place. <laughs> never look like your problems. We never look like our problems, child. Dress up. <laughs> go yeah. out, look good. Yeah. It's, it's this thing I used to Samson used used to usually used to tell me when because I used to get because I again deeply emotional so small things Distraction. or small like mm-hmm. tensions really get to me especially when i feel like oh it's, it could be talked out so why are we having this tension you know and samson would be like i'd call him and be like samson this is what's happening and blows and he'd be like shamane dress up go to a restaurant dress up have a nice meal have a nice bottle to get a nice bottle of wine he says whenever something is on his mind he said he just Babies himself. Yeah. Baby boy lifestyle, baby girl lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I baby myself. And my, my philosophy with handling myself is that, you know, if, if there's, if the, I wouldn't, I only do to my, I only allow myself what I'd allow the infant to me. Mm-hmm. I told you I'm baby. Okay. <laughs> okay. I said, I'm baby. And the thing, especially with, with, with this, happenings in life that make you feel like you know this is a crisis and this person's done this to me in that moment you have to take back your power Mm. you know you have to take back your power 
and actually decide whether you're going to react to it or not. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at the hurt, especially the hurt that people cause you, a lot of the times it hurts because they don't care. Yeah, that's true. I was usually going to so, add something, but I think that's a conversation for another day. So but why are you losing sleep? Mm-hmm. Why are you so, you know, emotionally disturbed mm-hmm. when someone really truly doesn't care? That's true. true. That's true. true. You know, so just, you know, especially when someone is intentionally trying to hurt you, mm-hmm. you can choose how you're going to deal with it. True. Yeah. And that's the thing. For me, for me, I always act in the opposite. I act in the opposite of disappointment, I act in the opposite of anger, mm. I act in the opposite of uncertainty. Yeah, because really that's the only thing you can do because in that moment you're helpless anyway. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'd rather do something pleasant than mm. dwell in the negative emotion of that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the, next, for the next session, someone has to tell us his secrets on how he does that shit because me, I'm curious. Someone is always babying himself. Every time I yeah. call him, he's like, oh, I just went, I just left the spa. I just went to this, whatever. I'm out here shopping. I'm getting sense. I said, oh my God, as I'm struggling in this smelly New York with some guy saying, let me holler at you once yeah. and I'm get on the train. I don't know how Shabin hates New York. There I'm like dreaming of... <laughs> I need to move. I need to be in DC or something. (laughs) I love the whole New York culture. I can't wait to like. Wait till you come. You'll be like, what the the ghetto child? Yeah, you know me. I love ghetto shit (laughs) anyways. Yeah, but there's always a limit to my ghettoness. So, (laughs) okay, guys, thanks so much. Thanks so much. Okay, thanks for having us. Bye. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. Bye.